It is by will alone I set my mind to read. It is by the juice of corn that words acquire meaning, the pages acquire stains, the stains become a review. It is at patreon.com slash sword and laser you can provide support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. I'm having a lovely cranberry juice right now. Ooh, <laughs> do you have a UTI? <laughs> no, I'm just having cranberry juice, not the not the painful kind. You know, I feel bad for cranberry juice. I know, it gets a bad rep. I actually thought about that when I was pulling it off the shelf. I wanted to start, like, just enjoying the taste, folks. This is the sweetened kind. <laughs> delicious, tart and sweet and delicious, <laughs> and a good source of vitamin C. And uh, yeah, it's excellent. I, I actually put it in uh, uh, San Pellegrino. Ooh, give it a little kick. Yeah, yeah. Sparkle it up a bit. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm lazier. I'm drinking a Waterloo. What's a Waterloo? What's a Waterloo? It's like it's like <laughs> cheap Lacroix. Oh, how do you spell it? I like it how it sounds, Waterloo. Like the like Waterloo, the place. W a t e r l o o. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like Napoleon's. Yeah. Napoleon has met his Waterloo and found it delicious. And found it refreshing. Actually, their <laughs> tagline is legendary taste. Hmm. Well, that's more subtle. <laughs> yeah. So I'm having um I'm having a lime Waterloo. Oh, that's it's my a favorite. lime Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very nice. I could have done that by just putting a little bit of lime juice in a San Pellegrino. Well, that's it's funny you should say that because I was talking about San Pellegrino with our mutual friend Scott Johnson. He's like, "What flavor do you drink?" I'm like, "Oh, right, they do have flavored San Pellegrino. Ooh, I just the, drink the the blood regular. orange one is my jam." Yeah, it's pretty good. I've had that one before, but I end up just buying the the flavorless one and then putting stuff in it. Mm. If I have the flavored one, I don't want to put anything in it because it's already got flavor. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, good. So we're making our own um, non-alcoholic cocktails tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Nice. All right. Well, now you guys know that it's time for the quick burns. Ah, it's time for a march that might be considered a bit mad if it weren't for trademark law. Uh, In honor of the sport that probably most of you don't follow, uh, we do a tournament of half fantasy, half science fiction books with votes each week in March until one book emerges as the choice for April. So we need your nominations between now and February 22nd. Get on the Goodreads thread and let us know what books you think should be in the tourney. Veronica and I will make the final decision based on a sense of balancing out the tournament and stuff because we need half swords, half lasers and all Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Uh, But we need your ideas. So get nominating. Exciting. My favorite time of year. I do love a good March Madness. Mad Marchness. Are we not allowed to say that? Is it like super bowel? You know, well... Again, you're allowed to say Super Bowl. It's just they get very like threatening if people try to use it in ads and stuff. I wouldn't want to brand this if we were out there advertising it as March Madness because then we get in trouble with the NCAA. But, but we have. We have advertised it as March Madness. Well, technically you're right. For like uh, But many when I say advertising, I'm like if we were like making a big promotional campaign buying Twitter and Facebook ads, mm, I'd be like, yeah, we have to mm-hmm. call it something else. Okay. All right. So I shouldn't try to stir the pot by like literally using their logo for the album art for this episode. (laughs) 
That would be bad. I don't know. I don't know if they'd notice. All press is good press, right? That's what I'm Until thinking. Until you can't afford the lawyers. I mean, <laughs> I can't afford any lawyers. Yeah, me either. <laughs> All right. Good point. Ah, uh, well, I'm excited. Please nominate uh, for March Madness. It's super fun, and and yeah, we. I I love it. I love. I feel like I always discover cool new stuff that way. Oh yeah, me too. Um, there's always things that don't win that I want to read and, and end up reading and, mm-hmm. or end up becoming picks later. Like the best thing about it is getting all those nominations, getting all those ideas. Uh, and then it's fun to see what gets voted all the way to the end and read it. That, that's super fun too. But, uh, I, you know, I don't want to get too kids soccer about it, but I feel like every book is a winner. In a sense. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Lauren says, moving on. Uh, I loved this interview that Gizmodo did with Andres Zapowski about the witcher. It was so refreshingly direct and honest that I laughed out loud several times. Highlights include Sapowski. I do not like working too hard or too long. io9. What do you think translated best to screen in the show adaptation? Sapowski. My name appears in the credits. I cannot praise the show. It wouldn't be decent. What? It wouldn't be decent. All right. So you want to, all right. So I'll play io9 and you play Sapowski. You have to do it in the voice. io9. What do you feel didn't successfully translate to screen in the show adaptation? I would have to be an idiot to say my name appears in the credits. Seems really tied to that. It seems a major <laughs> like, sticking he's point basically for him. saying I have a conflict of interest. I cannot honestly answer these questions. Okay. What was your reaction to learning your books were getting 500,000 reprints after the release of the Netflix show? How do you expect to answer this question? That I despaired, shed tears, considered suicide? No, sir. My feelings were rather obvious and not excessively complex. <laughs> You kind of fell out of the the accent there towards the end. A <laughs> I, I became, bit. I became, yeah. I I don't know what I became at the end, but uh, it wasn't Sapkowski anymore. I apologize. Well, you know, he's he's yeah. So I didn't expect. So w- was he supposed to feel sad that his book got five hundred thousand reprints? Is that because he's supposed okay, to feel so somehow indebted to the you show? You ask. I don't know. You ask. I'm not uh, running this interview. So a young um, uh, 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 Anne Leckie, this question, uh, and she's like, "Oh, well, I was delighted. You know, I mean, what a great moment of success." Right. Mm-hmm. You, 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 young, when I say young and like, I mean that she's old, by the way, I realized that that came out wrong. I mean, like after her first book, right. You ask a, an author who's just got their first work published, mm-hmm. uh, that that's what you would expect. So Sapkowski's like, he, he's been around the block a few times. He's like, what am I supposed to be upset by the, of course I was very excited, but he's like, I, again, it's like, I, I, I feel like it's bragging for me to say that kind of attitude. Right. Ah, uh, that's what right. I got out of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in, uh, continuing to read this. I like how they, they, they wrote it the way he spoke it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely hear, hear his thoughts uh, through his words. Silvana uh, pointed out that the 2019 Locust recommended reading list is out. Uh, she says, sad that Tiamat's Wrath is not included in the science fiction category, but the list has been quite useful, at least for me so far, to find recommended works for the Hugo Ballot, especially for novelettes and short stories. Did I just say you can really hear his thoughts in his words? That's a sentence I just said, by the way. I mean, I just thought you were saying that you have synesthesia. You can really hear his thoughts through his words. Isn't that, that just What's reading? in that Waterloo you've got? Isn't that just... Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's always always great picks on the uh, recommended reading list. But back from, to the Locust list. Yeah, yeah it, it's always really good. Um, uh, is Gideon the Ninth on here? 
Looking, looking, looking. Got some, a lot of, a lot of uh, favorite regular. Well, you know, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Is it under fantasy? It's under first novels. Oh, wow. There is so much in here. Okay. There's a lot. Yeah. A little hatred I'm currently reading um, because I finished Gideon the Ninth. (laughs) What? Also because it's Joe Abercrombie. Why is that funny? I mean, is there a Joe Abercrombie you've never read? Yeah. I never finished. I'm not Half saying a that's King. a bad thing. He's a great writer. I love him. I didn't finish. I didn't finish that series. Anyway, mm. shut up, Tom. <laughs> shut up, God, Tom. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick the March book from the Locust List. The March. What do you mean? The pick for next month will come. Oh, from- right. Are yeah. we? We're not talking about that yet, right? Because it's no, too early. I haven't a hundred percent decided. If you're a patron, you'll find out as soon as I've decided. Because I'll write the book briefing for it. You know, I felt a little iffy on the choice, mm. just because I. But it it is getting good buzz. Yeah. So well, why did why did you feel iffy on my potential choice that I'm not naming right now? Um, because it it nothing about the blur. Well, this is you can't judge a book by its blur, right? Because but nothing like, in I'm the not blur sure I'm interested drew in that story. In. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, you know, I felt this way about two recent shows, one of which was The Outsider on HBO, where I'm like, oh, and the other was Succession on HBO, where I'm like, mm. the trailer just made me go, I don't know, I'm not interested in that story. And then I watch them and I'm like, oh my God, that story was told so well. I really like this show. So I'm kind of hoping it might be like that. Okay. All right. Man, there's a lot of good books and a lot of good authors on this I'll list. I'll tell you in the book briefing if it is the one we're referring to or not, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I like this. It's like non-spoilery. Yeah, like, yeah. Pre, pre-decision book talk. Totally. Uh, Jan says there's a very cute article over at oh, tour.com. Kawaii. British police seek rightful owner of the One Ring. A police force in England recently put out a Facebook appeal to try to track down the owner of a, quote, distinctive silver ring that was recovered at a crime scene. The ring, a replica of the One Ring from J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. In response to the flood of Tolkien fans replying with all of the quotes you were just thinking right now. It wants for- to be found. Oh, the police force admitted that they, quote, obviously need to brush up on our movie knowledge, but closed with a, but seriously, though, it is someone's property and we would <laughs> like to return it to whoever has had it stolen from them. But for real, yo, we really want to get this ring back. And the original tweet, uh, or I guess the Facebook post, uh, mm-hmm. is great because it has a picture of the replica of the one ring with the, you know, the script on the side and the language that should not be spoken. And uh, it's a very straight ahead, like this ring was recovered in property that Fred that had been stolen in a house burglary. Sadly, despite our efforts, we've been unable to trace mm-hmm. the ring back to their rightful owner. It's I like if I didn't know the response already, I would be like, oh, they had to have known. Right. This is yeah. this is half a joke, uh, but apparently not. Uh, I just want to give credit where credit is due to tour.com. So the article title is British police seek quote, rightful owner quote of the one ring. But the URL is one does not simply go to Facebook to seek owner of the one ring, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought would have made an even better title. So you know know. what that means? Because those URLs are created in the, in the uh, CMS when you create the first draft. So right. that was the first title of this article. And then some editor came along and changed it. And that decision, as good of an SEO move as it may or may not have been, was mm-hmm. wrong, my friends. Yeah. Or or someone, you can actually go back and change the URL 
uh, title later. You can, you can. I have done that for Sword most, and Laser Post, where I don't. put where I get the number wrong. Uh-huh. Like if we put the wrong number on, I go back and change it later in yeah. the URL. Um, but so, but I think I think your your initial guess is is spot on. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what happened. I would like the story better if it was this was the original title, but someone changed the URL to that title as a little mm-hmm. Easter egg. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, good eye seeing that. Joanna uh, posted that a new book by Naomi Novik comes out in October. It's called A Deadly Education, the first volume in a new trilogy that Del Rey calls a twisted, super dark, super modern, female-led Harry Potter. Can I just pre-order this now? Am I? Will it, <laughs> does that work? This like I'm could not, not be the, more up my alley. Uh, that is your wheelhouse, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole description, but just the first line I think will hook people if they aren't hooked already. A deadly education is set at Scholomance, a school for the magically gifted, where failure means certain death for real Ooh. until one girl, L, begins to unlock its many secrets. There are no teachers, no holidays, and no friendships. Oh, jeez. They're really not here to make friends. <laughs> uh, reminds me of a certain Gideon the Ninth challenge, actually. Mm, mm-hmm. Tamahome says, Lock and Key is out on Netflix. Where did I put my head key? Are you just going to throw the graphic novel into your head? Like the character in Lock and Key does? with a book? Is that what happens? Is yeah. that what happens? Is that the- a spoiler? I mean, it's a minor spoiler to a plot point. It's not a, it's not a, it's not an important thing. It's not the story. It's an element of the keys. There are magic keys and one of them, you can open your head and then crawl inside your head and walk around. And one of the characters discovers that he could just like, cause he's, he wants to impress this girl. So he <laughs> discovers he can put a book in his head and then he'll know everything in the book. Oh, that would be so convenient. Right? Yeah. Well, it take some of the fun out of it. It's like if you think about like people say you can like eat a pill and get all of the like nutrients of a meal. Uh Right. But you never get to enjoy the process of eating. Right. Is it like that? It's kind of like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have the the enjoyment of sitting back and reading. But when you're really cramming for stuff, that would be that would be great. I wish I could do that. Yeah. We could put the rundown in our head. Yeah. Well, (laughs) thank you, Tomahome, who is a boy. Yes. Uh... (laughs) Why are you? You should explain why you're saying that. I know oh, why you're saying it, but you should. You explain. know because I I have misgendered Tamahome many times <laughs> on the podcast, and and he you know he always is a very good. It's sport not the about first it. time because I think I have also misgendered Tamahome in years past. Yes. So and it is uh and he has rightfully so and very graciously pointed mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. And I have continued to do it for the past <laughs> decade. So I know. actually remember being on your couch in your uh, San Francisco okay. hate apartment recording a sword and laser in person when I misgendered Tamahome. Wow. That's <laughs> that's a really random <laughs> specific memory. Yeah. Yeah. They I have those. Uh, but anyway, Lock and Key is out on Netflix. I'm six episodes in and loving it. Uh, oh, you like? It? Is it too scary like, for me? I mm, no, no. You thought in about fact, that. The reason I didn't like the first episode was I didn't think it was creepy enough. I was like, oh, this is this is like a CW version. Uh, it gets the story gets good enough because the story is really good that I don't mind that. But it is a little bit of a glossy version, in my opinion. Okay, glossy version of the graphic novel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Outsider, too scary for you. 
What is Outsider about? That's a Stephen King novel about a, a crime where uh, like local baseball coach father gets accused of killing a child, but there's no way he could have. And mm, okay, I saw Jason the preview Bateman for that. Yeah, yeah, I did see the preview. That's too scary. I think that one's probably too scary. Is it thrillery or too supernaturally, or what is it? Thriller supernatural. It's all of them. It's, it's Stephen creepy, King. Spooky, like creepy. Yeah, like children standing spooky looking at nothing. Scary. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a werewolf bar mitzvah of a Stephen King. Got series. it. Eileen won't let me. I've already watched all the episodes. She's catching up. She won't let watch them unless I'm in the room. <laughs> uh, That's adorable. Fa- finally, uh, Shad wanted to point out that Stormlight Archive number four now has an official title, The Rhythm of War. Again, the title comes from a book that exists in the Stormlight Archive world, uh, but this one is from a non-human author in the world. Although Brandon Sanderson is the, as far as we know, human author the, of the, the actual our human world. author, yeah. yes. Okay, cool, very cool. Alleged human Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Alleged human. I'm going to start calling him that. That's that's way more fun. All right. Well, thank you for everyone who submitted stories. Um, always good stuff. Where's uh Dara Dara and Jan though? We're, she, we're light I, on. I saw, I we're saw light Dara. on Dan and Dara's. Jan and Dara's. I mean, don't bag on Jan. She just started. Come on. <laughs> See how quickly we become dependent on I certain know. people? Uh, Very codependent. And, and also, don't throw the people who did submit great stuff uh, under the bus. Uh, actually, we got we got a Jan. Oh, the, we did get a Jan. The oh, rightful we did. owner of the One Ring was oh, Jan. Oh, my gosh. Jan, yeah. I'm sorry. Dara was in one of the threads on, I think, Bum Bookmarks. So she's around. She's busy. It's cool. She is busy. You know? She is busy. I've heard that she's busy. Yeah. So right. recognize. I was just I was just having a little fun. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect meant to anyone else, but apparently disrespect to Jan because <laughs> exactly, I literally called her out. Accidentally disrespecting Jan. And had just read the quick <laughs> burn that she posted. Veronica and the entire sword and laser team, Jan. I apologize. Yeah, that's that's I deserve that. <laughs> now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Boy, oh boy, we got some great tweets this past week or two. Uh, keep Drew, the tweets coming. These are great. Yeah, keep the tweets coming. I really love these. Uh, Drew at Futterdud says, shout out to Sword and Laser, especially Ace Detect, for reminding me The Magician Season 4 was on Netflix. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm staying caught up on Hulu now because I get live uh, TV through Hulu. And so that's how I'm, I'm watching it as it comes out. And it's kind of kind of sucks to have to wait. For each episode now, it was really fun to just kind of, you know, binge on it. But mm-hmm. uh, Tom, but, Tom did, in fact, uh, text me uh, mm-hmm. after he watched the finale. Oh, right. Right. I, uh, I did. I watched the finale and was very sad. Yep. Kind of holding out hope that it wasn't real. But of course, I knew it was. Well, you never know. It's a magical world. True. True. Uh, Van underscore Hessa, a.k.a. Vanessa, wrote, En esta ocasión, mis podcast recomendados son Cruising underscore Tom y Sword and Laser. Uh, gracias, Vanessa. Muchas gracias. Yeah. I've, nice. heard, I've heard about Cruising Tom before. So there's also a band called Calm Trues. Calm Trues is a band different from Cruising Tom. Mm, Calm Trues. I'm getting it now. I'm getting yeah. it. The yeah. Tom Cruise play. Yeah. So I thought Got that was it. funny. I just thought it was me going cruising. So that, I mean, no judgment. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, I, we used to do that in my hometown on a weekend night. Don't know if that means the thing you think it means. It means different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing it meant 
in the 1980s in Greenville was <laughs> driving Greenville, around. Indiana. Greenville, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, but it meant driving around. It didn't mean uh, the picking up of of the uh, partners. Mm-hmm. The picking up of the partners. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you could pick them up in your car. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you could cruise for, right? Yeah. And that would then make it specifically about the picking up of the partners. We're making this weird. All right, yeah. so we got a couple of good uh, good reviews from Beth Mitchum uh, this week. Uh, very exciting. Uh, the first one, in the company of others, Julie Chersneda. Interesting. None of the pieces worked. Pacing, romance, etc. But I was left with a sense of satisfaction and thoughts of ethics, humanity, and sacrifice. The whole was complete. You know, I'm going to agree with Beth on this. It's like a time-release medicine. Yeah. I read it, and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I keep thinking about concepts and situations and things from the book later on. So it's a book that I may not have enjoyed reading as much as I enjoy having read it. Is it like like you read a textbook? Mm, and I that that feels like painting it with too boring of a brush. It wasn't a boring read, mm-hmm. but it was it was it was something that worked its way into my brain after the fact. That's that's interesting. Yeah, uh, Beth also wrote the Poppy War. R. F. Quang, hard to read. The vivid depiction of war shows how hate begets hate, violence creates violence, and children learn to destroy the best of themselves. Tragic and page turning. Good one. That's oh, a good one. I bet RF Quang would like that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the hard to read at first, you're like, oh, did did she not like it? But then right. it sounds like it was just, you know, it was difficult because it was challenging. Yeah. It was so yeah. engrossing, but yet also difficult themes. Mm-hmm. Tomahome again writes at Sword and Laser Is Veronica a chaotic good bookmarker? Oh, yeah. I jumped in on this uh, on this Goodreads thread. <laughs> this picture is great. So uh, it is it is one of those D&D um, like chaotic good. You know, it's got all the all the chaotic good, lawful good, um, neutral, true neutral, lawful, true neutral, neutral, chaotic. Neutral. I don't have well, the image up yet, so I forgot. all. Evil, of them. neutral, good and lawful, neutral, chaotic in in a, a grid. OK. So we'll right? do it. So, so there's nine, using a bookmark, nine yeah, places. You can... A three by three. Using a bookmark is lawful good. Writing it down is neutral good. Using anything nearby is me, chaotic good. Open face up is lawful neutral. Just remembering is true neutral. Not keeping track at all is chaotic neutral. Open face down is lawful evil. Yeah, you're bringing that spine. Folding a corner, I'm not done. Folding a corner is neutral evil, and mm. folding a page is chaotic evil. Folding a page is just, yes, that's chaotic evil. That is definitely chaotic. Who evil. folds a page? I don't know. Like I don't tucking the whole half of the page into the book. That's crease? just evil. Is what I've that never is. I've seen that before. Um, I have been chaotic good in my time using receipts. The usually the receipt. From the mm-hmm. book I bought uh, or whatever's around. Uh, most of the time, I am lawful good. I use an actual bookmark. All right. Here's one. Here's one. What is using the book jacket cover from the back of the book as the bookmark? Oh, oh that's not on here. That's a good one. That's a common one, I feel because like. Because it's, it's not evil, right? But it damages the book cover a little bit. I think bit. that's lawful neutral. It's like open face up. Open face up doesn't even work. That's not even a good technique. Because you are you are putting a strain. You're putting a strain on the book, but it won't damage it. Mm. 
just remembering, I feel like that's chaotic. I think I feel like just remembering is really more chaotic neutral than not keeping track at all. Not keeping track at all is pretty chaotic. <laughs> just like starting from anywhere. It's like, I don't know. Where was I? Uh, all right. That's funny. Um, What's funny and- is now is I, I do so much Kindle and uh, Audible that I don't have to remember. I'm, Holy I'm off cow. the grid. Yeah. Um, Mark has a lot of bookmarks, including ours. Yeah. The picture that Mark cool. posted in the thread is pretty great. I'm going to think I got to design a new bookmark and get some out there. That's a good idea. We can just send them to folks in the random mail uh, yeah. section. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that wraps it up for Barrier Sword. Um, let's jump into a little bit of book of the month discussion. Uh, we are currently reading Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Mirror. Um, and... We're still like, did we kick this off yet or do we need to? We did. Uh, I, did I did the book briefing last last time. Okay. So it's, you know, we don't need to do the book briefing again. Uh, but also Veronica and I both liked it so much that we're both done. <laughs> and we know not all of you are. So should we hold off on spoilers for another couple yeah, of weeks? Yeah, we should definitely hold off on spoilers. Um Okay. I, I, there were a lot of good threads about the book too. Um, I kind of stayed out of a lot of them because I think we're having a situation where we're, was it, I don't know if it's a polarizing pick or, or if it just was a little off putting for some people, the tone in which it's written. Um, but there seems to be very strong opinions either way. And sometimes, I mean, this happens and we talk yeah. about it when this oh, yeah. happens and obviously this is like going to happen every book. Where there's like people like who some, like it and people who don't. And then, yeah. But I think, I feel like some definitely elicit stronger reactions mm, than others. And I fair. feel like yeah. this might be one of them. Um, How could you not like this book? <laughs> don't say that. No, I, I, I don't mean that as strongly as I said it, but that's kind of the idea, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, it, it elicits strong reactions. There's few people going like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to wrap this up. I don't want to get into how I feel about the book yet because I think we'll have a really good wrap up episode about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you listen to it or, or uh, read it in Kindle I did. or yeah, paper? Yeah, I listened to it on Audible. Okay, so then you and I both um, <laughs> know how to pronounce everything for once together yes. at the same time. <laughs> Harold Hark. Harold Hark. Nona Jessimus. Um, Nona yeah. Jessimus. Um, I was actually having a little bit of a panic attack last night. Couldn't go to sleep. Uh, and usually I, you know, I've got all these things that kind of help me calm down. Hilariously, the name Nona Jesimus popped into my head and I started feeling calm. I've been saying it it like a mantra. It it reminded me of the book, which I enjoyed, which made me feel good, which like just totally helped me like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is working. Nona Jesimus. Uh, and which is hilarious because, You'll find out very early in the book that Gideon and Nonagismus don't exactly see eye to eye. Uh, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. Um, yeah, so I, uh, Tazzy, Tazzy Dave posted all of the names uh, in one of the threads. And I've never seen them written. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of funny to, to go through. Um, there was some difficulty that I think a lot of people had who listened to the book, uh, remembering which houses people were. And I think mm. that was difficult for me for the first half of the book, but then I, I picked up on it pretty quickly, especially um, 
became a little more easy to to figure out who went where after a while for other reasons. This is not a book you can listen at 2x easily or, you know, be doing something else that engages your mind uh, because you have to pay attention. Yeah, uh, I was it, it was hard to keep track of the houses at first. Uh, I'm horrible with names, whether I'm listening to an audiobook or reading uh, mm-hmm. in print. I'm horrible with names. So I had to kind of force myself to remember the houses. So I was able to catch on to the house names. And thankfully, they're very good about saying eighth, seventh, fourth quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Or they, I mean, Tamsin Mirror, actually, yeah. uh, putting that in quite frequently. So then I started to associate the house names with the 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 actual names. Um, and so it wasn't too much of a problem. I, I, I caught on pretty quick. Yeah. So Harrowhawk Nonagesimus, uh, that name was stuck in my head for like a week after I read the book, like, like a song stuck in my head. Uh-huh. Um, and I really liked, um, I'm going to start calling one of my dogs griddle, 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 <laughs> griddle, nav. when they're bad, nav, nav when they're good, griddle when they're bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, Corunabeth Tridentarius, Yante <laughs> Tridentarius, Jean-Marie Couture, yeah, Palamides, Palamides. Palamides. Was Palamides. That, that was one I caught on to right away. I don't know why, yeah. I guess because it sounds like Calamity. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, Silas Octocisseron. Yeah, Silas was an easy one to remember, too, because Silas. More, Dul- more Dulcinea Septimus. Oh, and Dulcinea I knew immediately because she's so distinctive, right? Yeah. As a character. In her the description of her her what she looks like her condition all of that you know what's funny that I didn't really notice until right now I think I didn't really notice I didn't really notice that a lot of the names get tied into the house name oh yeah I didn't notice that at first it took me a while to like oh sept yeah sept seven I think I think Sextus I noticed and Septimus Mm -hmm. but like. Abigail Pent, like it didn't, yeah. is that French? I didn't, Pent, I don't Pen- know. Pentagon is a, Pentagon a five-sided. Five. Pent, pick. of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that didn't, that didn't click with me until just now. It's so funny. That Nona, is funny. Nona, Nona, Jesimus. Yep. I got yeah. it. I got it right. now. Oh, there's so much I want to talk about. I feel like I need to read it again before two weeks from now. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's fair to say, and I, w- I would happily read it again. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that this book could be polarizing because it mixes genre in dialogue. And yeah. that's that's something I read in every review when I was putting together the book briefing, uh, usually as praise, that she can go from modern lingo to Lovecraftian lingo and back again. Yep. Uh, I think that's super fun. And it makes the character of Gideon particularly a, a, an enjoyable cacophony-like character. For mm-hmm. me, and I, mm-hmm. I just enjoy the hell out of Gideon because of that. I can see where for some people they're like, "No, I want this to be like strictly fantasy speech," and going back and forth confuses and scares me, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I it didn't it didn't bother me at all. Um, I think the very first chapter, I uh, as other people did, found it a little off putting. I was like, "Oh, this is like super modern. Like this oh, is going to be I loved too." It. That's so but funny. then, like I, real fast, I got into it. The first time Gideon like says something this shitty or something like that, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, oh, she talks like us. I'm kind of into that. Um, in fact, in my NaNoWriMo that I did this year in 2019 in November, I, I decided not 
to steer away from modern speech, but instead be like, yeah, it's a different world, different planet, different universe, but they're going to just going to talk like us. I'm not going to try to fake it. Yeah. And I think what's helpful to me too, is thinking about this. It's hard because at first like, oh, this is a fantasy book. There are swords or sorcery. There's necromancy. There's, you know, magic in this world. There's ghosts. But then you're like, oh, but actually it's also, it's a science fiction book. They have space travel, space flight. They are interplanetary travelers. Mm -hmm. Like this is a, a future society. So in a world where this is a future world of ours, potentially of some mm-hmm. sort, like, yeah, they would, they would talk that way. Like there's things that, that, that are in our world They're, They have like the concept of, of, you know, computers and mm-hmm. science and, and TV and all sorts of stuff. And so, yeah, they're going to, they're going to talk like modern people, but their society is based on something slightly different. Well, yeah, it's maybe I assume they're all speaking a different language. Yeah. So part of me looks at this as if it is a translation Mm -hmm. and the formal speech is the people who are very sophisticated speaking their very sophisticated courtly language. And Gideon talks like a gutter person. And so she gets translated as a, you know, like street speech, Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better word. And I'm like, Oh, once I thought of that, I'm like, Oh, this all makes perfect sense. Then it kind of made me, made me think of what was that? Oh God, I loved it so much. And now I can't remember what it's called. That Jim butcher series Mm. where he is imagining what would happen if he brought a phalanx of, of like Roman warriors to the present, no, into a fantasy world where they have like the animal spirits. I don't remember the name of that series right now off the top of my head, but please shout it out at your podcast player right now and we will hear it. You know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, It kind of reminded me of that. It felt like that in a little way. I, I really, I really didn't, I really enjoyed the refreshing aspect of hearing someone talk the way I'm used to hearing people talk (laughs) uh, and not having to work hard to kind of translate in my head. So yeah, I think of it as a work in translation. Also, one of the things I liked about Jade War uh, was that it was a society that had television and cars, uh, even though it also had magic. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of that to it as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's, that's a good kind of midway check-in um on the book. Like I said, I I thought it was action packed. I mean, for me, oh yeah. The the action was like one of my favorite parts. I loved the fight scenes. I loved the descriptions. I loved how visceral it felt. Um I thought the I thought the action was phenomenal. I was like on yeah. the edge of my seat the whole time. I was in awe of Tamson Muir's ability to write that. Oh. I'm like I could never do that. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so good. I, I I really want to interview her and like ask her about that because it's so many so much to know. I fighting scenes are so complicated. I feel like we could devote an entire episode on just like talking about yeah. good fighting scenes in books um and the skill that goes into crafting them and understanding how they work. Whew, that's something I, I feel like I could never do. But another thing that RF Quang does really well. Yeah. That was from from when we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, and, and this book is so layered. I mean, it's got a space world that has somehow evolved from science into bone magic mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, and Lovecraftian, you know, horrors. Like how did uh, that happen? 
and and it's super goth, but then it's not, uh, and it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's still serious. I I don't know. I I I personally was enraptured with it. It's it's kind of funny too because all the houses like do some form of necromancy, really. Mm-hmm. Like they all have that ability, and yet the ninth house is still like goth af like yeah. <laughs> seen by all of them is like the creepy yeah. weird goth wearing paint paint wearing bone magic like super extra <laughs> like, yeah so anyway yeah I, I i'm really enjoying it but we'll talk more about it next time excellent all right well thank you so much for watching uh nope listening listening there's that synesthesia again Um, our show is entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And you can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at sword and laser. Send us a tweet at sword and laser. Check out all of our discussions over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. And you can even call and leave us a voicemail at 415 415 seven sword six we'll see you next time bye bye this podcast is part of the frog pants studios network for more information about this and other shows visit frogpants.com audio program so good it's like you're there